Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Join me in celebrating Women's History Month. On March 27th, I'm hosting a special virtual event for her, by her, presented by Fiverr. We'll be spotlighting and interviewing some of the most successful female business owners and their experiences with Fiverr. In the U.S., women are driving growth, and each year that percentage increases. Women-led startups have more than doubled since 2020, and from 2019 to 2023, women-owned businesses' growth rate outpaced the rate of men's in new businesses, employment, and revenue. In this panel discussion, you'll hear from top female business owners who have not only started their own companies, but cater to women through their products and services. Don't miss out. Head to bossproject.com slash RSVP and save your seat for this empowering event created by women for women. It's free to attend. I can't wait to see you there. That's bossproject.com slash RSVP. This message is sponsored and brought to you by Fiverr. Today on the show, we have Rachel Proctor. She is an author, speaker, and second-generation entrepreneur, and she helps people turn ideas into successful online businesses. She's a self-proclaimed market research junkie. She's hit seven figures, and she knows what she's doing. She has like an amazing background, um, versatile, and she's created this like trusted hub for aspiring and successful business owners from all over. Yeah. And today we're talking about Rachel's belief and strategy that there is literally no better time to start a business than right now, even in a crazy 2020, even in a weird pandemic world, even with less time, it's still the best time. So she breaks down why she believes that. And spoiler alert, we agree. And really, really tangible steps on how you can break down what to offer, how to find out what you're good at, how to find people to actually pay you for the thing, how to perfect your process, grow, and everything in between. So this one's really, really good for you guys if you like dropped your idea at the beginning of the year when stuff started to get crazy and you're ready to pick it back up. Or for those of you who are like, I think now I do want to start my own business, but I'm like really lost about what to do first. This one really gives some actionable steps. I hope that you love it. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Hey there. How are you guys? We are good. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited to have this conversation today. I feel like, you know, as per usual, it's a weird year for literally everyone. I feel like it's also been a really, really big season of people starting businesses or picking back up businesses. I see that happening a lot in our community where it's people who are like, I had this idea at the beginning of the year and then everything kind of fell apart. And now I don't know what to do. I'm like thinking about going back to a full-time job or I feel like I need something more secure, but we're always, always have been on the train of like, no, no, just do your thing. Like we'll help you figure out how to just do your own thing because actually like it's more secure than you think. Let's build it that way. Let's, let's make amazing things happen. And I know that you're in that same camp and you're in the camp of like, no, 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 do it now. Like do your business right now. (laughs) And so we're going to break down a bunch of different ideas that you have and some action steps for people, but give me just kind of your philosophy of like, 
okay, right now in the middle of the shit show that is 2020, why actually do you think it's the best time for people to dive in to start their own business? Well, I would say it really, there was like, when I was thinking about it and just thinking about all the things that are going on and how unstable it feels right now, yeah. honestly, I guess because I've been in, in the entrepreneurial game for so long, it's different, but it's just kind of a different, different. It's, you know, there's <laughs> yeah. always uncertainty in entrepreneurship. Like there's never a time, like that's the best time. So mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I tell people is that there has been such a blessing. I feel like COVID-19 and just the way that it it allowed us to actually kind of slow down was kind of like a cheat code if you're going to like build something and do something. And I feel like now is really a good time to do it because, you know, you get to actually start over for some people and Mm -hmm. you get to kind of recreate it into what you really want it to be. And, Mm -hmm. and you have that freedom to do that. So now I think really is a good time. Now is the best, better time than ever. Yeah. Yeah. And I know for some people it's been a feeling forced to take that next step because, you know, anytime there's chaos or like stuff going on in the world and there's an uptick in unemployment and all of that, I see this, like there's a strong correlation. I can't say it's causation necessarily, but definitely strong correlation between as unemployment rises, the amount of entrepreneurs entering the marketplace always follows. And I think a lot of people like Emily mentioned had this feeling or false belief that who they were working for before was actually a safer option than working for themselves. And so they continued to stay at a job because of a paycheck, whether they were happy or not. And I know for me, when I was forced to take that next step, yeah, I could have gone out and searched for another job, but I felt like, you know, now's my sign. It's now or never. If I don't do it now, am I ever really going to start the business that I so desire? And I know other people feel similar pressure perhaps, Mm -hmm. but how can you, or like, what's your take on like utilizing that as fuel and as energy instead of letting it be something that overwhelms you? I think it's exactly what you said. It's like, you got to change your perspective on what's happening. Like, you know, and, and realize that you are in control of it. And I think that some of this is the swift kick. A lot of people needed to just go ahead. Sometimes we won't move into it unless our circumstances force us to move into Mm -hmm. it. So I think it's just about taking that mindset. I'm really big on like mindset and just how you look at what's happening to you and making it work for you. And I think that you definitely need to use that as fuel to say, okay, because a lot of some of the greatest businesses and just the ideas were born surely out of necessity and the fact that, okay, I've got to do it now. Like yeah. there's, there's no plan B, like I've got to make this work. And I think for many of us, especially like people like myself that procrastinate and that overanalyze it and try to overrationalize it. That's and our entire audience. So. <laughs> <laughs> and look at it logically, it's kind of like, it just leaves you with no other options yeah. to go ahead and just make that leap. Well, and what I love, and you touched on this at the beginning of like this kind of forced slowdown, right? Mm -hmm. And this forced reestablishment of your priorities, right? And I know it sounds crazy to think that, okay, some of us who are parents who then have kids at home and you weren't expecting it, and then you're doing school at home and you're not expecting it. Like, how can you use that as a benefit? But 
truly as Abby and I have always talked about like building a business that's in alignment with how you want to show up as a person, how many hours you want to want to want to work when you want to work, who you want to serve, like how you actually want to show up using that, like chaos bubble as your forced boundaries of like, I can only work on client stuff, or I can only work on building this thing, like in this tiny pocket of a window of opportunity Mm -hmm. and like seeing what that can still build for you. Mm -hmm. And I seen that happen a lot for a lot of our audience and even myself included with my side business of just being like, I literally only have this much time. Let's just see what can happen. And I think it's a fun, like disconnect with pressure that we put on ourselves when we have more time than when we don't. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I think it, it it really makes you prioritize this thing that you say you want to see yes. in your life. It makes you prior, it makes you make it a priority. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You're forced to use your time wisely. And I mean, I do think some people will also, I mean, they'll use it as an excuse and like, oh, that's yeah. frustrating. I have. Like <laughs> I see so much potential in people and then they'll, they'll say, well, you know, I'm really struggling with the transition of my kids going back to school. And, you know, for me, sometimes like, I feel like I can't say anything because I don't have kids. Like I'm not the one going through that thing, but I also know at least a dozen other moms who are going through that thing and are killing it. Right. So I'm like, well, they're not. How can we pull from both? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I want to hear you and understand you and like empathize as much as possible. But I also want you to know that like. You kick butt still. (laughs) Yeah. I still want you to reach your goals that you keep saying you want. And so Mm -hmm. if that's what you're going to do, like, let's just like drop all the excuses for a second. Like, how would you actually start? Because I think that's the most important piece is like, what's step one. And I'd love to hear your take on where people should put their attention first. I think the very first step is to just kind of pause and evaluate where you really are. I think a lot of times crisis and just things like this that turn our world upside down force us to evaluate what wasn't really working. And so to kind of take some time to like look at, you know, sometimes it's stuff we should have stopped doing years ago Mm -hmm. um, in terms of just like getting that stuff out of our lives or just like I said, mindset work or whatever it is, but taking that time to really pause and actually see, okay, what's not serving me? What's not helping me to actually achieve the things that I want to, that I want to see. But also, and to, to your point, it's kind of like a lot of times I think we really lack the real motivation to actually pursue the goals because we don't actually have anything tangible tied to actually achieving it. So like, we don't really know, okay, if I do this business, if I get this additional stream of income, we have no idea of what that makes possible. We just kind of want to start a business Mm -hmm. because somebody told us, hey, we need to have a second stream of income. Mm -hmm. But we haven't really evaluated what that actually makes possible in our life. And I think Mm -hmm. when you know that, okay, if if getting this extra stream of income means that, you know, my kids are going to be able to maintain their lifestyle or whatever that means for you, if that means creating legacy or however you want to do it, then you got to find something to tie that action to in terms of why you're really doing it, because it's it's never going to be easy. Right. Like it, it can be simple. But, you know, in terms of stuff that you have to do, but it's not going to be easy. So when you have an actual why tied to why you want to do it, I think that that also provides that motivation to keep you tethered to that goal. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think you 
had a roundabout way of saying this, but the specifically, like the more specific you are and like the, what it can provide, I think the more it can fuel you. And so I know for me, a lot of the reason I started a business is I wanted to create financial security for my family. And to me, that wasn't necessarily making a million dollars. That was literally making sure I could always pay my bills. That if I wanted to go shopping on a Tuesday afternoon and blow $200, that like, that wasn't going to blow the family budget. That like, we could go out to dinner and like, have nice things. But like, my standards were pretty low, you guys. Like I didn't, I wasn't I trying to be able to go to Chipotle and not feel bad about going to Chipotle. The exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, wanted to take, I wanted to take the guilt and shame away around how I was living my life. And I also wanted to just, you know, be able to live it and not constantly be worried about do I have enough to provide in the way that I want to. And for me, that has been the biggest thing. Cause it's like, you know, I'm probably never going to be the kind of person that like walks into a high-end brand name store and blows $2,000 in a wardrobe. Like someone would have to like force me to do that. Like that is not something that's in my DNA. But knowing that like once we hit that level though, like the anxiety was so gone. And so like, I just want to reiterate to all of you that that why, if it's solid enough. And if it like hurts enough, cause it really does. It has to like pain you in a way. Absolutely. Because then you'll just keep going until you get there. And then once you're there, I mean, you can redefine what it is and like have new, new objectives, but that initial one is so crucially important. It can literally be new kitchen counters. Like it doesn't have to be like this massive legacy. Well, that's why I love that Rachel was like, like giving us all permission that it can 100% be a selfish based thing. Yeah. Mine was Chipotle. (laughs) And then it's grown to just, I want to be able to buy like a nice couch. Mine are all material food and material things. (laughs) They've still been that, but okay. So people have a tangible goal that they're like, looking at and focusing on and making sure that if I actually do this here, the results that could happen, what do you suggest to focus on next? I would suggest that looking at like what you could actually do. So the people that I typically work with in terms of my business coaching and providing strategy are Mm -hmm. typically some sort of a service-based entrepreneur or a coach or a consultant, and they're delivering some service, which I think is absolutely totally the way to go because of course there's just not a lot of upfront you know, costs and just involved. And it just kind of gives me a different feeling when I know that I can actually use something that I know well. I think from a term of, from a place of having confidence and just combating imposter syndrome, when you know what you can do and help people get results in, I think that that's so critical that you know, like where your zone of genius is. And so what I recommend people do is kind of like a little exercise. I have them to create like a results vault type of thing, just really just like a Google spreadsheet, but it's kind of our results vault. So it's kind of like the thing that the results or the outcomes that you know, you could get for somebody. And really it's kind of like, okay, if you couldn't get paid until somebody got that result, like what is the thing? Because a lot of people are like, well, I just want to help people walk in their purpose or yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? 
mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? Like literally their whole purpose for being here, you're like, that's above that's your it. pay grade. Like you're, that's above your pay grade. Like seriously. <laughs> and so, you know, or I want to help people get more confidence. Well, I don't know if somebody has more confidence. That's not a visible result. So maybe the visible result is if you help them to build their negotiation skills and help them to get a promotion on their job, in turn, the byproduct is more confidence. But the visible result that you help somebody do is to build their negotiation skills and do things like get promotions or just move up the corporate ladder or whatever your thing is, right? So helping them to say, okay, what do I know that I could actually help somebody to actually do Mm -hmm. and then start there to get them that visible result? Because that's what people are paying for. They're paying to get a result. They're not just getting coaching or this or that. Like they want the result. I feel like you took what we always say and made it even better like (laughs) because we are constantly telling people, A, the reason we say to start with services. It's truly because it's such an incredible opportunity to learn more about yourself, more about your skill set, the kind of results you can create for people. Like you can charge, not that you can't charge more for other things, but like you usually can charge a fairly healthy wage in comparison to what you're producing, which isn't like, so you don't have to have a million clients to make this worth your time. Treating your time for something else. But The part that I love and I feel like really takes the strategy we tend to like lean on and take it to that next level is like, we're talking about doing something you already have the skills to do. But what you're saying is, what do you have the skills to produce? What are the results you can create? And then, and then you can create the product or service that matches that thing. But at the end of the day, I'll, I'll just like, spoil the whole shindig, (laughs) you are selling results. You're not really selling the thing you're doing. And I I see so many entrepreneurs keep talking about this like laundry list of you get a brand and a website. Like what result are you trying to create for them? I did a really bad job of this at first and it me too. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'll tell you what Welcome I unlocked it. Sales Welcome went up. Club. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And I think it just does something for you. Like I said, it helps with imposter syndrome. <laughs> like, yes. you know, you have we have probably hundreds, if not thousands of thoughts every single day that do not serve us. Mm-hmm. And you've got to be able to, to speak confidently. And it's not about having an, an air about yourself or an arrogance, but when you know what you know, nobody can tell you what you don't know. And when you are, when you're able to actually see, you know, your work at work in somebody else's life, like that does something for me in terms of my own personal fulfillment to know yes. that I was able to help somebody else to get it, to get to this other place, you know? Well, and when you boost your confidence, but because you did produce the result that you said you could do, like then you keep being more confident that you can produce the result for someone else. And then when it happens, like it just keeps snowballing because you continue to do the thing you keep saying you're going to do. And I love the idea of putting the objective on it that like, I can't get paid until this actually would happen for someone. Like, what about, I'm not saying don't, don't actually do that in reality, but like, (laughs) if that's your objective, then you're going to be so focused on service and like serving other people. Well, and that's the exercise. Those are the questions to ask yourself to figure out what to offer as your service. Cause so many of us are like, but I don't even know. And there's so many things that y'all know, so many things that you know, that you can pull Mm -hmm. from past jobs, 
past versions of yourself of what you know Mm -hmm. that you could turn around and help someone get a result for. Mm -hmm. You know some stuff. You know, and there's this thing that there's this analogy. And if you if you follow me uh, at any level on social media or just anything like my the way that my brain works, like I have these elaborate illustrations of like what it means to me and like how to explain it when we talk about that particular piece. And I call it like being a tour guide versus a travel agent. So quickly, the, a tour guide is a person like when was the last time you actually went on a trip with your travel agent, probably next to never. There are people that send you places that they themselves have often never been. And so when you get to the place they sent you, a lot of times there's still this chance that you'll get lost or you may not know your way around because there's nobody there on the journey, on the trip with you. But you want to be a tour guide for that person. So when you see a tour guide, and if you've ever had a really great tour guide, they're typically out front They've been to that place so many times. They've been there time and time again. They know it like the back of their hand. They know the history of it. They can tell you the shortcuts. They can tell you the places to avoid, but they are literally right there with you, taking that journey with you, leading you through that particular place that you've never been, but they've been. And so I always say, become that tour guide. Like, don't be these people out here, and we all know them. We won't call their names, but they're travel agents. Like, literally, they saw something on somebody else's IG page. They thought it was really cool. So, hey, why don't I do that? And you have, I mean, and you're totally like misleading people. You know what I'm saying? And you really can't help anybody to get anywhere through their journey. Yep. And then when you do that and rely on that, that's when business feels hard. That's when sales are slow. That's when it feels inauthentic. That's when it feels like you're working your ass off for every sale. Like we don't want that for you. So it's not. (laughs) Well, and when you're the tour guide, here's the thing. I, I think sometimes people get so caught up in like, well, it's so easy for me. Like, how dare yeah, I charge? That's this? how it should feel. Yes. <laughs> like, it should be so easy for you. It should feel painless. It should feel like a flow out of you. And like, when that happens, you get to serve other people because other people do not have this skill set. That's why they're hiring you. Like, they want to get the results that you have gotten, the receipts that you have created. Like, they want where you've been. And I get so frustrated when exactly what you're saying, where people are like, well, I know what it's, I'm like, do you though? Like, really? Do you really? I haven't seen that. (laughs) I'm like, where, where, where? (laughs) But but the thing is like, it's not that I don't think you can do those things. Like go get the results and then do that thing. In the meantime, Mm -hmm. be a tour guide for something you have experienced. Cause I, I just think people get so caught up that I don't have the right experience to do X, Y, Z thing. We'll build towards it. And I had someone just yesterday that was like talking to me. So she's a life coach. And she was like, I don't know which niche I should go down. Should I do this or this or this? I was like, well, you right now, the only experience you have in life coaching is your own life experience. So what have you been through that you could carry someone on that path with. And I was like, you don't have to pick right now. Like you could talk about your health journey. You could talk about your pivoting careers. You could talk, I mean, you have so many things you could pull from. And my guess is you might need to work with your clients 
on a variety of those things for you to really know where you feel comfortable yeah. and where you and shine. Start seeing what resonates with people yes. or start seeing what's really resonating with your audience. And sometimes you'd be super surprised at what resonates the most. It's yes. like the least likely thing that's really resonating Always. with your audience. But if you're not putting anything out there for fear that it won't resonate, mm-hmm. then you, you'll never see what actually resonates. So mm-hmm. sometimes you got to throw some things out there. Um, And still be intentional about it, but still like you got to put some things out there and see what starts catching fire with your audience. Yeah. So how do you even build that audience? I think people get intimidated by it. Like, okay, I picked this thing that I know I can get results in. I'm ready to start marketing my services to who? To what? Yes. So I think one of the things that we have to keep in mind is why somebody would buy from us in the first place and, and approach it from looking for people that have what I call the urgent and imminent problems, because people have a lot of problems, right? But they don't always have every problem. They may not be willing to like pay anybody to get a result. They'll just cope with it, you know, but look at those urgent and imminent problems that they're having that they're already actively seeking answers to. And and it doesn't have to mean that they're buying coaching around it or buying books around it. They could be just searching on YouTube or you know, following people that are already kind of in that niche and looking at what types of things they're actively searching for answers on. And when you have your results vault, right, start looking for things that intersect with with things that you know you can do with things that you see that people are searching for answers to. And a lot of times that could even mean, like I said, it, just asking, like if you already have somewhat of an audience there, just start asking, what do people need help with? Like, you know, what do you need help with now? Because a lot of that has changed with this year. So just looking at that and then start seeing where what you can actually get results in is intersecting with what people are actively seeking answers to. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the only all-in-one website platform we use and recommend to our clients. Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell your products and services all in one place. Visit squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace has professional website templates with designs for nearly every category and use case. Start with a flexible template, then customize it to fit your unique needs. 
With Squarespace extensions, you can connect your website to vetted third-party tools to fully customize your website exactly the way you want it. Whether you sell services, products, or digital items, Squarespace has the tools you need for your online store. You can now host your videos on Squarespace and show them on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your videos with member areas. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash boss project. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. We've talked about this uh, often on the show, but I just wanted to point out here that like the thing that you start with isn't necessarily the thing that it's always going to be or that has to always be. So like I started as a photographer, literally for families, whatever, shifted to more working with brands, shifted to then strategizing about pricing with other photographers. I wouldn't have gotten even there without actually just picking up my camera and trying to create a business from photography and learning about marketing and selling in that zone first. So I think like all of these little tiny doors just start to open as soon as you take one action Mm -hmm. and go towards the one that like is resonating with you and with your audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think some people go into it with the mindset that like this thing that I'm doing now has to be the final draft. And it's totally not. It's like just the first draft. Like this is the first iteration of like whatever. And like you said, until you start actually getting out there, seeing again, what's resonating, having people to interact with your programs and just Mm -hmm. seeing where it's not clear in terms of getting there, like all of this stuff, we have to give ourselves permission not to be perfect Like it doesn't have to be perfect. You just need to do it. You just need to get something out there and get it going and you can always make it better, but you can't make anything better if you never put it out there for fear that it's not perfect. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) if my career is any sort of resemblance, (laughs) I started by making EP covers for iTunes. Like I was literally working with like electronic musician. Like I don't even listen to that kind of music. You guys, like it was literally where could I get work? I got referred by someone and I knew I could design and Photoshop and I had a lot of freedom. So like, you never know who that first client is going to be. And like, it'll grow and change over time where if anyone asked me to design anything today, I'd be like, thank you, but no, thank you. Like that, that's not what I do anymore. I would gladly recommend you to a slew of my friends, but that's not me. And so like, I think there's, cause I literally today we walked in the studio. 
of one of my previous clients. I designed her logo and brand and now she has a storefront. She sells jewelry, all this stuff. And she's like, do you still do design work? And I said, nope. Nope. I'm like, not at all. And she, it felt really freeing. So I will tell you, like, I know sometimes you can't, you're like, I can't even see 30 days from now, like what this looks like for me. I'll tell you five years later, what I was doing then is nothing remotely compared to what I do now, but I had to take steps. And so like that first step, that first client, that first job, like be a little creative. Like it's fine. Like you asking what people need is such an amazing tool. And I, I just don't think we give it enough credit. Like yeah, and I it's I think sometimes because it's so simple, it's deceptively simple. Like that can't be the answer. It's like, yeah, just start asking, like just putting things out there and just talking because I think in this age of like social media and just everything is so automated, we lose that humanness of like yeah. sales and all of that. Relationships. And, yeah, relationships and just building relationships with people. And, you know, we get into all of these complicated funnel strategies and feel like we have to have all of this stuff. And it's just like, y'all, it's way Drop too much. It. Like, it's not that serious. Like, just start. And I believe, and that's kind of how, and I, and I wasn't always this way. I was really, I was, you know, into to having to just have this complicated system of having had a lead magnet. And then you had to have this, and then you had to have an email sequence. And it's just like, when you just kind of like, exchange and DMs, like just kind of really talking to people about what it is that they're dealing with and how you actually just have the solution and just have that hand-to-hand combat type of thing with it and not feeling like you have to have all this stuff. Again, it's so much easier and it's so freeing. And to realize that people are people, they're not a number in your follower count or this binary digit. Like these are people with real dreams, real fears, real problems that you could actually help. And so bringing that human aspect back to everything has been really helpful for me. I know I've had to have a lot of mindset shifts since, you know, this year has started to say, okay, let me, let me get off this other train and get back to like just the one-on-one conversations, just talking to people and approaching it that way. And I think it goes hand in hand with your point of now being the the perfect time. Y'all like, (laughs) If especially if you have kids at home or your spouse is at home or you got laid off and you're at home and like life is just different. So you're in your sweats more, you're at literal home more, you're sitting on the couch more, you're not going into the office. What do you have time to do? Hang out on your phone. What do you have time to do on your phone? Build relationships and DMs, send some emails, have some conversations. So it's like literally exactly the things that are perfect for getting started or re-jump starting an old idea or old business that you maybe let go in February when stuff started like hitting the fan. I think it's, we're in the headspace, the the weird loungy headspace right now of this long Christmas break is what it feels like that we've all been (laughs) on to do behaviors that are really, really effective Mm -hmm. that we might have put off, off of our to-do list six months ago or last year because we didn't have time. And I think now is a perfect season for that. Well, and the, I think there's this false belief that like, because we're home, like that people want to be alone and like, no, like me. everyone's <laughs> right. craving community right now. They're Absolutely. Connection. Yeah. They want to talk to you. And it might, sometimes you're like, what we're talking about has nothing to do with X, Y, Z thing. You'd be shocked how many of those conversations they either turn into customers down the line or they refer a friend or they, 
they share something on social media and you get people in your universe, you just never really know what those relationships will lead to. And some of my like best referrals have been like the most bizarre, like connection of a connection of a connection. And so I just, I don't discount that time. Hey, it really fills you up. Like, I don't know about you. I'm still an introvert, but I miss being with people and in community. So if you're just, you know, talking to people, so you have that connection, don't think that it's not also helping you because it can, if you are willing to ask a perfect example, we've been working with our ads company. It's been a year, a year. Wow. And he was like, there are so well, exactly. And that's exactly what happened. He was like, Hey, I know I've never really asked, but would you be willing to do a testimonial video? Absolutely. Happy to. We forget that like, we have the ability to ask people to do all sorts of things Mm -hmm. and people are so willing to help. So willing to help, but we just, for, we just assume like we're such a bother and that's just not true. Like if people don't want to do it, you know, some people will say yes when they really shouldn't, but there's definitely a lot of people that'll just say, no, I don't have time. And like, they'll, they'll set up their own boundaries. So like, let's not make assumptions about how people are going to behave. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I feel like I went down a rabbit hole there. Yeah, was, like, bringing it back. <laughs> no, bringing so it good. back to our That's so good. What's next in your book? I would say then to start looking at once you have that results or results that you know that you can get and then you have those people and you're starting to identify those people. Yeah. Now it's time to look at, and this is kind of like a two-part thing. So yeah. I'll kind of break it up. It's like, then you need to get your process that you're going to deliver the result. Like, how are you going to do that? And some of it is like modality. So meaning like, okay, are we going to uh, just go through calls where we work. Are we going to, you know, meet up in person, like whatever the thing is, but just looking at now you're saying, okay, well, what is the actual system? So some of that may be reverse engineering, like, you know, and just kind of getting this system. But again, a, a lot of this part, when we talk about developing the process or just delivering the results, again, it's kind of one of those things where, especially when you're starting out and you're starting something new to have some grace with yourself in that, in that term. And so just looking at, okay, how are we going to get them to that result? But just keeping in mind that, okay, this is also a refining process. Like this isn't even the beta, like this is like your alpha, right? It's like, we just want to know if it works. Like, you know, getting somebody in there, there, yeah, just proving your concept, proving that you have a viable system to get that result. And so sometimes we think the things that are going to get us there don't necessarily, we may have to add, we may have to take away, but again, just keeping that mindset, okay, this is a process. This is refining it. We're just seeing if it actually works. Yeah. Again, you won't know how to refine until a real person goes through it. So it's okay. Yeah. (laughs) And guess what you can keep doing is raising your prices every time you refine it or whatever it might be. Or just making it simpler or making it more direct or whatever. I mean, we even do this process when we're working with affiliates or sponsors. Like we have a goal or objective, like the result we're trying to create for them. And if we don't get there through version A, like because we're focused on the result, like we will do whatever it takes to get the result because that's what we that's what we signed up to do. And so, I mean, there's definitely a level of, 
I mean, you're not going to, not every client is going to be the best client. Let's just like <laughs> clear the room. <laughs> some of those people are like, I could never work for them again. And it would be too soon. I get it. Mm-hmm. But for the majority, if you have that like clear defined finish line, even if they're not fully aware of it, like they don't always have to be fully aware of like what you're trying to create for them. You need to be creating whatever result they're looking for, obviously, but but your process, but your process can grow and change and evolve. And like, you might add something on, they don't even know they need it. And that's, that's okay. Because you're because you know, or maybe you don't know, but I'll tell you your, your client stories, those testimonials, those results, they're going to go far further than you just continuing to say, you know what you're doing. You saying here's so-and-so they worked with me and this is what happened for them boom, like it's so much easier for people to be like, oh, okay. Like yeah. I'm on board. Yeah. yeah. And I think a piece of that, a piece of this part of the process too, is also documenting your qualifiers, right? Like who are the most, who, what type of a prospect is most likely to actually get the result? Because you do have some people that just, I don't care how hard you work. It's just like, you it's just ain't going to make a sister. <laughs> like, it's just like, no, this is just not for you. So I think a big piece of that, and it's, and it's really an important piece is to make sure that you're documenting like, okay, who is the, like, what qualities do they have to have or what things do they need to also have in place that will position them to be most successful at getting this result, right? Mm -hmm. And then just looking at, okay, what things are absolutely kind of like a no-go in terms of people that just, I don't care how hard you work, they're just not going to be able to get this particular result too. Yeah. Well, I want to put this out there that like the result doesn't always have, like, I feel like sometimes people put it in a box, like it has to be sales focused or marketing focused, or like it has to be numbers driven or whatever. But like, if I really think back to when Emily and I were doing web design, the main result we were actually achieving for people was giving them visibility where they had none. Yeah. And like we worked with a ton of food brands, but one of the biggest disconnects is if someone became a fan of the brand, there literally was no website to go check where they had inventory in other locations. And so we were solving a problem for the brand. And then all of a sudden, as they developed a fan base, like they had a central location to come back to. We weren't trying to like drive any numbers or drive any sort of marketing result. We were just trying to give them structure, like give them a landing place. And so I think sometimes we get caught up in that it has to be like a super sexy thing. And sometimes, yes, it should be, but not, but not all the time. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like it can be ba- basic. Isn't always bad, I guess is the word. Right. I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. No. And I think that we get caught up in that because like you said, like we see all of these people giving screenshots of their Stripe accounts and, six you know, years, and, you know, your Sunday. <laughs> and it's just kind of like, no, you, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be that. And, and we just have to not get so caught up in all of the hype, like, mm-hmm. because social media, you know, you're typically not looking at, reality a lot of times. And I'm not saying everybody's on social media stunning because I think there are legitimate people that are doing legitimate things, but a lot of it is just kind of like y'all smoke and mirrors, right? So don't get caught up in it. More than y'all think, because even here, we don't follow a lot of people. We don't, I, I have notoriously talked about how I 
just don't know who anyone is intentionally. Cause I'm just like, I I'm just not. And even with that, we had to do a huge major revaluation at the beginning of this year of just being like, cut out all the noise, keep your eyes on our own paper. And like re- the results have shown from that. So just check yourself every now and then if you feel like you're getting off track. But you said this one was two parts, yes? Yes. So I think the second part to that is kind of creating visibility for yourself in terms of like having a content strategy and having, um, and I believe that organic content honestly is like the best thing. And you've got to be prepared to talk about what you want to be known for a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it really scares people because they're like, oh, I don't want, I feel like I'm bothering everybody and I don't want to sound like a broken record, but it's time to like, you're making the assumption that like everybody that has access to your profile or that follows you heard it the first time. And sometimes it takes a minute and and you have to say it in different ways and put it in different ways, whether that's graphics or video or whatever it is for people to actually start connecting and resonating with your content. So you got to really figure out how to create that content strategy and talk about what you want to be known for a lot, because a lot of times that is what helps to qualify people that really want to work with you. Of course, you'll always have those lurkers or those silent supporters that probably will never buy anything from you, but they'll become your evangelist. They'll refer you, all of that good stuff. But it takes a while for people to feel like they know, like, and trust you. I mean, we Mm -hmm. at the risk of sounding like a cliche, you know, they really do have to have that time because you have to understand again. And I think I said it all the way back in the beginning of why people buy from you and what season they will buy from you in. Because everybody's not in the same place to where they're just ready to buy and that's okay. But you have to have content that's continuously serving your audience and keeping you top of mind. So when the time does come to buy or when they're considering it, then you'll be the first person they think about. Yeah. I just reiterating, like I want the best way to like think through the broken record thing is I want you to really think about the people you follow and like, how often do you see their content? I'm sure there are people that you follow that you see their content every day because you're like, diligently following them. Mm -hmm. But there's definitely people that you're like, oh, I haven't seen them in three months. I wonder what they're up to. And then you go look them up and you know, like there's, you have this behavior yourself and yet you have a hard time looking in the mirror. Like, oh no, I really don't. I don't always log on to Facebook and see everything in that girl's Facebook group. Like, so not to mention the algorithm, like you're not in control of that. And so you might have put out the most banging posts ever but 5% of your audience sees it. And then like, okay, so re-say the same thing two weeks later and maybe different 5% will see it. Like, I just wish, maybe I don't wish, maybe I, if I could give you anything, I wish I could give you the insight in that like the people that you see being the most successful, I feel like they're the most repetitive. Yes, like, yes absolutely. Like, Cause they got on a high horse and they're on that horse and they're going to keep riding it and they're going to keep saying it and they're going to do it over and over and over and over and over and over until, I mean, cause people will pass through. Like if you're getting people the results, they come into your world, they pay attention for a certain period of time. Some of these people will like rise up and become like super fans and they'll do all of the things, but the average person won't. So some people are just like following you through this like period of their life where they quote need you. Mm-hmm. But if you're so focused on results, ideally someone doesn't need you forever. Like, yeah, at some point you got to have a little breakup party. Like they're going to move on, need something else. 
Yeah. And I think it too, it helps to condition them and, and create the mindset shifts because here's the thing, like, especially in the coaching consulting world, you know, you have these things called sales calls. And a lot of us are trying to shift beliefs and convince them of our ability to get them results on the sales call when really your content and the things that you're putting out need to be convincing them before they get to the sales call. And the sales call should just be you working out the details of, of what you're actually offering. And I think a lot of us get super frustrated and we're on these 45 minute, you know, hour and a half sales calls trying to convince somebody that we're the person they should work with. And that is so backwards. Mm -hmm. I can think of like a time when, I was looking for a new coach with some things and literally we might've been on the phone three minutes and I'm just like, how much does it cost? And where do I sign up? Because her content and the stuff that she had, it had already come. I'm like, I already know this is the person I want to work with. And that is absolutely what your content, when you do it right, that is absolutely what your content needs to do. It doesn't need to be on there trying to shift beliefs. Like it takes a minute to shift beliefs to where you're paid off. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like, it doesn't work like that. And so I think that's why people get so frustrated because they're trying to shift beliefs and make their paid offer make sense when they get somebody on the phone versus doing that over time, you know, with somebody. And when they get to the sales call, they need to already kind of be convinced like you're the person they're supposed to be working yeah, with. 100%. I feel like that could be a whole other episode in of itself of breaking <laughs> down priming content and then sales call structures. But I would love to head into talk strategy to me and have you just kind of recap what we talked about today. So if people who are like, okay, 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 fine. I'll pick back up my offer. I'll start this idea. I'll run with it. What do they need to be doing, thinking about in the next like week or so to kind of make this happen? So the first thing is, remember, you need to pause and kind of look at those things like what has not been working for me, what has not been serving me. But then you need to start looking into creating that results vault. So like looking at all those things that if you couldn't get paid before you got the result, like what were the things that you know for sure that you can actually get for somebody? It needs to be a visible, tangible result. The second thing is you need to be looking for people in your audience and around you that have that urgent and imminent problem that they're actively seeking answers to. And so finding where your results that you get intersect with those urgent and imminent problems that they're already searching for solutions to. And the third thing actually is looking at the two processes. So you need to have that process of looking at what is the system that I'm going to use to actually get my client to that particular result, knowing that it's a refinement. You know, you're going to be refining it. You're going to be changing it. You're going to be updating it. You're going to be taking away from it. But then lastly, you need to be looking at what is going to be my content strategy. Like, how am I going to put myself out there and start talking about what I want to be known for all the time? And so that they can start getting familiar with me and getting familiar with my brand so that you stay top of mind for for those prospects. Love that. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on today and for sharing all that. If you want to let everyone know where else they can hang out with you online, learn more about you, work with you, all those good things. Sure. I think one of the easiest places you can just hit me up on my website, rachellproctor.com. Have lots of great free resources. I also do a free training almost every Friday on business strategy. So you can find out more about the schedule and all that stuff on my website. Also, I spend a lot of time on Instagram. So you can also hit me up there. That's at rachellproctor.com. I do respond to DMs as long as they are appropriate and relevant. Irrelevant. <laughs> so I do I do chat in my DMs, but yeah, I definitely love to connect with you over there too. 
Love that. Thank you so much for this. This was so helpful. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.